This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, folks. We've got a very entertaining portion of our show tonight. I think you're really going to... That will be for them to judge. Well, I'm going to judge in advance. Uh, it's never good to self-proclaim <laughs> entertainment value. It's entertaining to me. <laughs> Therefore, it's entertaining to, for us. So I want to play a, a quick clip, and it has really nothing to do with the show particularly, but it has something to do with the theme of the show. Um, By the way, I don't know what the theme of the show is, so this will uh, be a surprise to me. You're going to hear it, and I think you need to understand this. This is coming from... I think we're going to be discussing Christian themes tonight, so let's, let's, uh, let me play the clip. That'll help explain it. Hosea chapter 8 and verse 7. For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. We read in the book of Proverbs in chapter 1 and verse 7 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We also read in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 6 that the fear of the Lord is to depart from iniquity. So in God's eyes, wisdom is departing from iniquity. Now that's not how the world views wisdom, but that's how God views the very first step of wisdom. So that was just sow the wind, reap the whirlwind. Uh, I thought that was appropriate for some of what we're going to discuss tonight um, in light of what happened today with some of our Democratic leaders who were sent uh, pipe bombs and, and other things. So we want to talk about Dr. Fia. We've talked about Dr. Fia in the past. Um, well, not really about well, him. his post. His po- we, we talk about some of his posts and some of his thoughts. His book, uh, Believe Me, The Evangelical Road to Donald Trump. Uh, he's been promoting this for months now. It's been, he's been touring the country doing this. And Tony's been trying to correspond on, on his blog. But this week, he put out a post. Um, I want to tell I understand that you held your nose, but you still voted for the guy. And he, he goes on to list a number of things that he thinks are hard to stomach. Would that, would that a good way to put it? Yes. Yeah, so, but I do think we should preface this with a couple of, a couple of things. Um, first of all, I, I think Dr. Fia is a good man, and he, he's, he's a Christian, and I, I actually admire him for, for living out his convictions and his faith. And I actually don't disagree with him uh, in his larger critique of some elements of the evangelical movement, which is essentially that he calls them court evangelicals, that there are people uh, that's leaders of the evangelical movement, but other you know, rank and file, if you can use that term, evangelicals, who have essentially sold out their faith in the pursuit of political power. And I absolutely agree with him that that is wrong, that, di- that does a disservice to the gospel. Mm-hmm. And people that say things like, uh, Donald Trump exhibits good Christian values. No, <laughs> no, he does not. I have not seen that. So if you're going to make those kind of statements that, as a Christian, um, that is hugely problematic. Or others, and he, he writes about certain people that have said, you know, Donald Trump has been anointed by God. Well... Um, I would be loath as as a Christian to 
uh, take the position that I am, uh, in fact, knowing exactly what God's will is or whether he's... Now, look, God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. So he, of course, understood that Donald Trump would be president and allowed Donald Trump to be president. But these sort of proclamations that we have some special special line of insight into God's will as it relates to Donald Trump, that's also incredibly problematic, and it's not scriptural. And so these are the kind of things that he is pointing out, and they all are... Uh, they are legitimate criticisms mm-hmm. of the evangelical movement. Now, where I depart from him is he, he the corollary, or at least the related argument that he makes, which is what he is addressing in this particular post, is not only is it bad to use your faith uh, to pursue political ends, because that is not how we usher in the kingdom, right? We mm-hmm. Using the political system to get judges on the Supreme Court and to get uh, anti-abortion policies enacted, that is not what we are called to do. Now, mm-hmm. we can, as citizens, be active in the political realm, and I think he, he would say Christians should be active, but that should not be... I'm the not be- sure I agree with that. I, I, you don't agree with what? I don't think he... I think he only thinks you should be active for certain groups. And, and, and right, I think but, the but, groups he's advocating for are necessarily better than the group he's advocating no, but, against. But by definition, that is, I think that's correct, but he is assuming uh, inherent in that is that you are in some measure involved in the political process. You are not removing yourself entirely because you are of the view that that is the secular world. Mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with it, right? But in this particular post, he goes further because, and this is inherent in, in what his view is, is that he is disappointed and sort of chastising Christians who voted who voted for Trump. So not these are not necessarily Christians who adhere to this court evangelical read philosophy. Yeah, so read, read his read his opening critique. So he says, uh, again, hold your nose, you still voted for the guy. Many evangelicals tell me that they voted for Donald Trump because he would appoint conservative Supreme Court justices, improve the economy, stop illegal immigration, or defend religious liberty. I understand these evangelicals have prioritized these things. Trump is not perfect, they say, but we like his policies. Fair enough. Not all the overwhelming number of white evangelicals who voted for Trump like the guy. They don't go to the rallies. They don't appreciate his public comments. But in the end, they still voted for him. And in a democracy, they have to answer for all the ways he is hurting the church and the nation. Okay. That phrase, right? That sentence right there bothers me a lot. Well, okay, you tell me why, because it, it bothers me. It's not so much that it bothers me, but I want to hear what your reaction well, is. So I voted for a politician, and now I'm held accountable for how he acts? I, I, don't, I don't accept that. I don't well, accept that I voted for a politician, and, and he acts poorly, and that's somehow my fault, and I have to own that? No, I, I, don't, I don't accept that. I, he, I, he owns his own thing. I voted for him because of the two options well, I was given. I actually I disagree with you slightly there. I don't have a, because I don't think he's arguing that you're you're responsible for Donald Trump's behavior. I think what he would say is you were well aware of the package that you were getting with Donald Trump. This wasn't agree. this wasn't a guy who was uh, pious Correct. and a family man. We knew what this guy was about from yes. the get go, and so I think his argument is you as a professing Christian openly and knowingly, willingly voted for this person. And therefore, when he behaves now in ways that, in many cases, are not exemplifying Mm -hmm. a Christian life, are not moral, then you in some ways have to justify how could you have supported this person. Okay, I'm with him 
that far. And we'll discuss this further as we read through his indictment. But the one problem I have with this is that he never... So he has now set down a litmus test where he is saying, if you're a Christian and you voted for Donald Trump, that's really not justified because look at how this guy behaves and that is damaging to your witness. And that may be true... Let's accept that as being true. The problem I have with Dr. Fia is that why is it that that same framework is not applied (laughs) to every Christian who voted for Hillary Clinton? Because I would presume that Dr. Fia, now I don't know if he's expressly said who he voted for, but I have never read a single word that he has written where he has explored Hillary Clinton's public character, Mm -hmm. her history of corruption, her lies, and we can go through some of this, and taking the position that I'm also very disheartened by my brothers and sisters in Christ who have voted for this person. This seems to be a one-way street where only Donald Trump is evaluated through that prism, and that is why I have a problem with it. Well, if you remember, we, we had a quote from him. He was saddened to think he was sitting in a sanctuary with people who voted for Donald Trump. He was saddened by that because his candidate did not win. So he was maybe he didn't say no, that. No, that no, no. Let's be fair. That's not why. He's saddened because he thinks Donald Trump is bad for America. He is not a good man. And Christians who support him are, again, they are doing a disservice to their faith and to the evangelical movement. And I don't have a problem with someone who believes that. My question, though, is why is that same test, that same chastisement not applied to the millions and millions of Christians who chose to vote for Hillary Clinton? If you are going to make the argument that she is somehow different and therefore there's no reason to be disheartened by this, you're going to have to unpack that for me. Well, and I, I would agree with that. I might have more of a problem with it than you do because I think he's he's glass house throwing rocks to me, uh, and that's where I'm coming from. He, you can't tell me I'm wrong, and your candidate, if it was his candidate, and I don't know that because he's never really said that, but everything I read of him makes me believe he was a Hillary supporter, whether he, voting against Donald Trump or not. He was, I think, he was in favor of Hillary Clinton for reasons he's never elaborated upon. And I think this all came out, he's got this new book, and I, we talked off air, I don't know that he necessarily would have written this book about Hillary, and he probably could have gotten the same result in many cases, maybe not quite as even. So let, let's walk through some of the, because now he's provided um, an extensive list yes. of bullet points, quite which again, as I've said, is his indictment of Donald Trump's character and sort of the um, the scroll of grievances that where he is saying, look at all these things that Donald Trump has done. And then at the end, he says, you know, given all of this, was it really worth it to get Neil Gorsuch on the court and Brett Kavanaugh on the court? <laughs> and so we'll, we'll address that. Yep. But before you start reading through the bullet points, we're not going to do them all. There's no. a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. I want, I want the listeners to focus on a few things. Number one, is this a factual statement? Mm-hmm. In other words... Is there any dispute over the the issue that Dr. Fia has identified as being factually uh, indisputable that this has happened? 
Okay, that's number one, because there are a number of things that he says that are simply question begging Mm -hmm. that he wants you to take as this is true and therefore it's bad. Correct. The other thing is I want you to focus on is how many of these relate to rhetoric, Mm -hmm. things that Donald Trump has said. Now, look, when presidents speak, that carries weight. Okay, Mm -hmm. presidents, uh, they speak for the country. I don't like the fact that Donald Trump frequently flies off the handle. He says inflammatory things. He tweets petty and ridiculous things. And so it is certainly a legitimate criticism to say that no president in history has ever acted in this fashion. And people that are concerned about his demeanor and his tone, that's a, that is an entirely legitimate criticism. But if, we're gonna, if this is the worst thing that you can come up with on this list that some of these things that Donald Trump has done, it would cause me to say, well, some of these things seem rather trivial, mm-hmm. rather petty. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel with some of these. And sure. so the question then becomes, is this really at a level of significance that, that justifies a criticism that look what you voted for as a Christian. I'm not sure that no, they do. So, so go through some of these. So I'm going to go down in order and we can stop wherever you want. I assume he put them in order of what he thinks is the worst and go to the bottom. Maybe not, but that's, I would that's think all so. I'm going to go with. He, he's, these are his quotes. He has assaulted the very idea of truth with his constant lying. He has supported the idea of alternate facts. Last time I checked, evangelicals believed in truth. Okay. Um, as far as that goes, I agree with him. Donald Trump is an inveterate liar. Mm-hmm. He lies a lot. Mm-hmm. He lies about big things and small things. Christians should not support that. If you asked me, uh, do you think that it's good that the president lies? I would say no. I do not. I agree. Now, again, remember, he is framing this as, as a Christian, you shouldn't vote for someone who is a liar. Mm-hmm. And getting back to my original point, is Hillary Clinton, presumably his candidate, mm-hmm. We know, she, we know it wasn't Trump. Is she is she a liar? <laughs> yes, she is. Yes, Multiple she times is. Over. And I can make the argument, others would disagree with this because they say Trump lies all the time. Hillary Clinton is a serial prevaricator, okay? Mm-hmm. And we can go through the list of things through her public career that she has lied about. Take only the issue with her emails. Mm-hmm. She lied repeatedly and wantonly about every aspect of that. Okay, she lied about Benghazi. She has lied about innumerable things. And again, this isn't whataboutism. Yeah. I'm evaluating this from Dr. Fia's framework, which is Christians should not support liars. Why does that standard apply to Donald Trump and not apply to Christians who would who voted for Hillary Clinton? It should apply to both. I don't understand that. The same standard should apply to both. You can't have okay. both. Ways. Now, I, I want to before we go any further, I want to stress we both have said numerous times. This was not a good choice between the two candidates you were given. Ne- neither one was my guy or my girl or whoever you want to feel. I didn't like either one particularly well. And I think when, when the Republican primaries started going off, we both t- said we thought there's no way Donald Trump's going to win the, the nomination. And then he did. So it wasn't like I was saying, yes, I want Donald Trump. I, I, I want this guy. This is my guy. I did not want Donald Trump, but I did not want Hillary Clinton either and I felt an obligation to vote for somebody. Right. So, so far on the indictment, in my view, that applies to both of these individuals. Correct. And so I don't understand the di- dichotomy between Trump there and someone none. else. There is none. Next one. He has coarsened our culture by bringing pornography and his affairs with porn stars into the mainstream and has lied about his knowledge of $130,000 payoff to keep a porn star quiet. 
The oops. Last time I checked, evangelicals thought that the moral coarsening of our culture was a problem. I would agree with that. Absolutely. I agree I'm not that, happy about I that. I agree that what he said. Now, I, I, will, I will quibble a little bit. Yes, Donald Trump is coarse and vulgar, and he's cheated on his wife, and he had an affair with a porn star. All of these things are true. Our culture was, I, I just, I have a problem with people that point to Donald Trump and say, oh my word, what, think of the children. Listen, yeah. <laughs> the children have been inundated with a sewer for the last 30 years. Donald Trump, uh, to the extent that you're going to say that he's coarsening the culture, I would say we were already there, okay? Sure. But I agree, you don't, you really shouldn't have to listen to stories like this no. about the president. No. On the other hand... <laughs> I know where you're going, yes. Would you be able to make the argument that Hillary Clinton, let's say, in enabling and defending her husband's serial sexual assaults of women and, in fact, attacking his victims, was that part of the coarsening of our culture? Yes. 20 years before Donald Trump was. Yes. Now, yes, I would agree with she that. didn't, you know, I guess some would say, well, she deserves credit for staying with him. But in terms of her character and how she responded to those things, and again, I'm really focused on the vindictiveness in which she attacked mm-hmm. people who, let's be, let's use the favorite phrase, credibly, and when I say credibly, I actually mean there were corroborating witnesses physical evidence. and physical <laughs> evidence who were credibly raped uh-huh. and or assaulted, uh-huh. um, that, again, the question is, why is it okay for a Christian to vote for that person? I, there isn't, I can't. Under this? Under this Under premise. this analysis. Yes. yes. Okay. He has refused to be transparent about his finances, especially his tax returns. I'm going to be honest, I don't care. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care I don't know why either. that's even on. That's and I mean, number the fact, three. The, the fact that, and maybe, you know, maybe he would say, listen, I didn't put these in any particular order. That's fine. Um, I don't much care either. And the, the fixation on the tax returns, look, my attitude is, honestly, I don't, uh, it annoys me, this whole notion that the public has a right to know everything. Now, I guess many would say, oh, no, Tony, don't be naive. We need to know this because... This presents the possibility of you know blackmail and 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 you know the emoluments clause mm. right and the fact that he is now profiting although that's that's the, that's next, the next one, one. Yep. go ahead read the next one he has used the office to make money for his global properties and products and he has not divested from his assets okay well first of all what, remember when I said. Um, we need to make sure that these are factual. Mm-hmm. At a minimum, I would say the statement that he is using the office to increase his wealth is untrue. Yes. I have, I have read a number of financial analysts who have talked about Trump's empire, his business empire, is actually taking a massive hit sure. from him being president. Yeah. Okay, so I reject the claim that him being president is somehow filling his coffers with even more yes, filthy, filthy lucre. So I don't, I don't, I don't agree that that is true. So go back to the tax returns. Hillary may have released her tax returns. I don't care. I, I, I tr- truly do not care. But as far as making a profit, did she not make a profit off of her Secretary of State role? Did did the Clinton Foundation not make money off of her perceived access? Well, actually, you you bring up a very good point. If we're going to talk about uh, financial transparency, okay, as someone who's going to be a president, 
I would much ra- I would be much more concerned about someone who started out with no money, okay, in the private sector, in the private world. Now, the Clintons have basically been in public service service yeah. for their entire lives, but someone who became obscenely wealthy on the pu- on the public dole. Yes. How did that happen? And mm-hmm. to your point, the Clinton Foundation is possibly the largest scam, fraud, dishonest. Uh, criminal enterprise. Yes. In, if you've read anything about that, just point one thing out. This, this, uh, you know, their foundation was raking in tens of millions until what happened, Chad? She lost the election. Until she lost the election, and then astonishingly, all of the generous donors for her charity and his charity just dried up. I wonder what could explain that. I can't even imagine. Maybe it was lack of power. Apparently, all of the charitable giving had been accomplished. Yes. There was no more need. (laughs) All of the people they were supporting with, I believe, 10% of their total I think that was high, but sure. Yeah, no, because it was a pay-for-play sham Mm -hmm. that was used to prop up the lifestyles of those two and their coterie of hangers-on to jet-set around the world. So, again, under this framework, if we're talking about what should give a Christian pause and was it worth voting for this person, would it have been worth voting for Hillary Clinton knowing what we know about the shenanigans of that foundation? No, no. Go back real quick. He talked about the coarsening of our culture. Didn't Hillary Clinton just say about a week ago, we're not going to be civil until we're back in power. <laughs> yeah. Is that not a coarsening of the culture saying we can't be civil unless we're in power? Right. Our, our, political, wow. our political enemies, uh, we will not be civil to them until we are ruling. And yes. then noblesse oblige will kick in. Yes, that's where we go. He refused to condemn the tyrannical rule of Vladimir Putin even after it was clear that the Russians were meddling in our elections. I will say... It's clear that somebody from Russia was made on election, whether Vladimir Putin or not. I don't think anybody's shown that completely. He did condemn him. There's sanctions against Russia. He didn't say it in that one interview because he was standing next to the guy, probably waiting to get a knife in the gut. But I don't, I don't see that as Okay, well, this gets back ridiculous. to my point about separating words and deeds. I would agree with the critique that Trump verbally... And the things that he has said about Putin has been far too obsequious. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. He says all sorts of things that are, you know, he admires him. And so this drives, this drives people crazy who don't like him. Um, do I wish that he would be more forthright in uh, when he speaks saying about Russia, this is unacceptable? Absolutely. Now, again, I have to chuckle a little bit because the, the crowd that usually opposes this, and I'm not lumping Fia in with this, but no. these are the same people that got aghast when Ronald Reagan would say anything like this, because you're not supposed to say things like that right. because that's what, you know, nuanced diplomacy. But so now we're talking about rhetoric. Mm-hmm. When we examine policies, which you started alluding to, well, he actually has sanctioned Russia. And think again, because we're going to do this back and forth. <laughs> Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State under an administration that implemented the Russian reset. Now, I'll give her credit. She was not the president, That's so it's still true. Obama, but she that implemented the president's policies. She implemented so the president's as, policies, just as culpable as and I, did, I did not hear at any point in time Hillary Clinton denounce or walk no. back any of those things. She did not. Now, not of course, the minute she lost the election, the Russian menace, the red menace, was sure. responsible for her lot sure. in life, and sure. so they're they're wicked and evil. Sure. But well, let's let's talk about this as well. Hillary Clinton is a person. If we're going to talk about brutal dictators who we should be denouncing, who called. 
Assad, the genocidal thug who governs Syria, who dropped barrel bombs on his own people, a, quote, reformer. Yes. So if we're going to compare and contrast that we, we really shouldn't, we shouldn't that. mealy mouth people who are evil. Um, I don't think she passes that test either. Well, I know she wasn't, she wasn't secretary of state when, um, Putin took over Crimea, but she was part of that administration that let it Right. Happen. But in fairness, she was not the president. Correct. So she's not Correct. ultimately responsible for making Correct. policy. Next one. He has supported legislation that will bring severe damage to the environment as has shown he has no knowledge of basic climate science. I would contend, I don't think Dr. Fia has an understanding of basic climate science either. I don't think many people have an understanding. But so this is, but this goes back to my point. Is that a, that is question begging. Yes. He has supported legislation that will damage the environment. Is that true? Not that I'm aware I of. Don't, I don't agree with that. I'm not even sure what legislation he's referring to. Perhaps he's referring to this not legislation, but withdrawing from the Paris Accord, which, of course, has now caused garment rending yes. uh, among the eco-zealots. Well, guess what? what? Is, yeah. I, don't, I don't agree that doing that has done anything to the environment. I, okay? If, yeah. if you're going to talk about, well, he's, he's emboldening the use of, he's, he's encouraging the use of fossil fuels and fracking. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's bad for the... Now, listen, they'd say, oh, can you say that, Tony? They're, they're spitting horrible carcinogens, things into the air and the environment. They have to be regulated. Mm-hmm. But remember, the focus of most of this is about what? Trump. Yeah, but it's about what going into the air. Oh. Greenhouse gases, yeah, right? Yeah, CO2. CO2. Fracking reduces CO2. Okay, and the other thing is, when we talk... This is, what, this is important. When we talk about environmental policy... Most people, I think, who would align with Dr. Fia would say, it is urgently needed that we reduce fossil fuels. It's bad for the earth, impending doom, anthropogenic global warming. And so therefore, now remember, therefore, not only are we going to try to reduce our uses, we're going to tell all those people in the third world, right? The people that... um, socially justice-minded folks would say, this is who we as Christians should be supporting and helping. Well, guess what? You're consigning those people because you're telling them, listen, we know that you can get access to cheap energy through coal. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. We don't really want you to do that because (laughs) we here in the first world have now decided from our gated compounds, that's not okay. And so we prefer that you kind of stay in an authentic state of nature. If you're going to make that argument, then you have to grapple with what Bjorn Lomborg and others have pointed out is you are impoverishing, you are holding back millions of people and saying you don't get access to the technological miracle that we used to basically create the industrial revolution because we've now decided it's bad. Yes. As a Christian, I don't really think that's a good attitude to have. Well, open borders solves that problem, so <laughs> we'll get to the next one. He said he will repeal the Johnson Amendment. Now, one, he can't repeal it, but that's well. And I'm not. When did he say this? I haven't heard anything. He links to an article that I again. The Johnson Amendment. You can't have political discussion in a not-for-profit organization, specifically churches. And he goes on to say, if he is ever successful in doing this, he will essentially turn churches, the places where the gospel is proclaimed and where Christians come to worship God, into political organizations. I would contend in the African-American community, it's already happened. Oh, absolutely. This is a joke. The Johnson Amendment only applies to white churches. 
Oh, absolutely. Now that doesn't make it right. I, I mean, no, I, don't I agree. I agree. We do not want uh, politics from the pulpit. But number one, I have not heard Donald Trump since he has been elected. I mean, maybe he said this on the stump. Talk about this. I mean, this to me is a complete non-issue. It's like this is, and like you said, he can't repeal it. It's a section of the IRS code that basically says, yes, churches cannot be overtly political or you risk your tax-exempt status. I agree with that in principle that churches should never be in the business. But it should be applied to everyone. But it's already going on, and it goes on for the most part in the churches that I think Dr. Fia would have more of an affinity to Mm -hmm. in terms of preaching the progressive gospel. Right. That's it happens all the time. They are they are overtly telling their parishioners go vote for Barack Obama, right? Exactly. That's, I mean th- that's not a secret. No. So I, I think I'm not sure why that's on the list because I haven't heard a single thing about that from this administration. He links, in, he links to his own article from May 4th, 2017. So right. there might be something in so that. So we like I think we agree that that would be bad. I don't agree sure. that that's even an issue right now in terms of what Donald Trump is advocating or well, likely to do. It, it, he can't repeal it himself, so it's it's stupid on its face because you, he can't do that. Trump has claimed falsely that there's been widespread election fraud in the country. There has not. Again, I disagree with that statement. Question completely. begging again. Yeah. Yes. That is not a factual statement. Now, we can have a debate there because you read somebody, um, I'm trying to think who who's who somebody who has studied this kind of, John Fund, okay? There are a number of people, no, no, there is a lot of evidence that there is election fraud that goes on. Mm-hmm. Walk into a Philly precinct <laughs> that has 101% voter turnout for Barack Obama. Chicago. Uh, yeah, have you heard of, Tam- of course, Dr. Fee has heard of Tammany Hall. Yes. There is voter fraud, and by the way, the people that generally say there is no voter fraud are the ones that are opposed to any way to actually find out if there's voter fraud, meaning voter ID. You think voter ID is a bad thing, Dr. Fia? Come on. I show an ID, I vote. I don't show an ID, I don't vote. So It's pretty simple. I think we can have a legitimate discussion about the extent to which there is voter fraud, but I reject that as a truth claim that there is none. That's his opinion. That is an assertion. It is not a fact. He has used a racial epitaph. Pocahontas to describe the United States Senator who claimed to have Native American ancestry, and he did it in an event honoring Native American veterans. Okay. Uh, she's not Native American. She's less Native American than I am, and maybe it was crass and crude, uh, but maybe the Native Americans appreciated that right. they were not lumping her with them. Uh, I'm completely not with him on this. Pocahontas. Look, you can take the position that, again, it is not statesmanlike, it is not appropriate for a president to engage in this sort of, you know, jabbing at her, and I, if it were me, I wouldn't be doing that, but when he says it's an epithet towards Native, Native Americans, that is not true. He is actually, now you may say he shouldn't mock people, fine, but he is using that to deride her for pretending to be a Native American. It is the opposite of an epithet directed to Native Americans writ large. He is basically saying, this person is co-opting your identity. She deserves ridicule for this. I happen to agree with him. Yes, I agree. And to your point... Many Native Americans, including the Cherokee tribe, that she claims has of. just come out and said, stop with this nonsense. We disagree with you. You are not a Native American, and what you are doing is wrong. 
Donald Trump is aligned with the Cherokee tribe against Elizabeth Warren. If Dr. Fia objects to his tone and the fact that he's even doing this, that's fine. But claiming that that is an epithet directed at Native Americans is just patently false. That is not true. Don't disagree with you at all. He has shown no interest in the history of the United States and his place within it, apart from references to some of the nation's darkest moments. Examples, Andrew Jackson's white supremacy, Operation Wetback, America First, and Law and Order. He also thinks Frederick Douglass is still alive. That's a, actually, alive. that's pretty funny. I'm um, not surprised he thinks Frederick Douglass okay, is still alive, but I, I he's do not. not quibble with any of that, that Donald Trump uh, knows probably very little about American history, um, is primarily concerned with Donald Trump. Yes. And so, but again, my question would be, is do we know whether Hillary Clinton is a uh, is an avid historian? I'm not aware of any. I'm not sure, but you know what? I'll give that to him. Donald Trump is an incurious man. Mm -hmm. He is an egotistical man. He really only cares about himself in terms of what's important right now is me winning. Yes. And so that is a that is a legitimate critique. Now, is there a specifically Christian component to that? I mean, this this should be as a citizen we would hope as a citizen whether you're a Christian or not we would hope that our president is a little bit more engaged in the history of the country. But again, I would like to know how many presidents actually have been. Now, look, Dr. Fia is the expert on this, and perhaps he knows that Hillary Clinton uh, sits back and reads all sorts of primary sources about the founding in He's her spare story. time. He's I don't know. I that. But that, that is a legitimate critique of Donald Trump. Hey, I want to point out that Andrew Jackson's white supremacy. Until the 13th and 14th Amendment, the law of the land was white supremacy. I mean, you can't blame Trump. I mean, he's way past where he should have gotten about that. Several of his cabinet staff members have resigned in disgrace. Well, first of all, I wish he would have specified who he means by that. I, I, I suppose he's talking, is he talking about Steve Bannon? I guess. Um, is he talking about... Mooch. <laughs> well, he wasn't a member of the cabinet, was he? Staff members, though, too. Staff oh. and cabinet. Okay. No, he was not a cabinet um, member. In disgrace? Yeah. I mean, again, what does that mean? I guess they, well... Are you talking about Flynn? I guess. That's the only thing I okay, can Okay, I mean, think if you're talking about Flynn... Manafort. I mean, I would argue that Flynn was railroaded into an unjustified prosecution. Manafort's probably the one you can think of. Okay. But again, name, name any politician who hasn't had people resign under disgrace at some point in their career. Probably not too many you can think of it. Certainly at the highest but level. But again, if you want, if you want to total that up on the on the debit side of the ledger, because remember, we have to always circle back. the The framework here is that Donald Trump is such an outlier; no Christian can possibly justify voting for him. So, if you want to include, he said, cabinet members resign in disgrace. Okay. Okay. We'll t discuss what weight to give that uh, in terms of whether a Christian should be embarrassed uh, about casting a vote for this guy. All right, go okay. ahead. He tried to manipulate the director of the FBI and demanded his loyalty. He eventually fired the director and then told Russian officials that he was a, quote, nut job. First of all, I don't know if he manipulated the director of the FBI. He wanted to know if he was actually being investigated. That's not manipulation. He can demand loyalty because the FBI director works for him, and he fired him because he should have fired him when he took office. And is James Comey a nut job? 
may not use those words, but I think he's he's completely well, uh, centered. You, you've covered pretty much my objection to that. <laughs> is that you know the the loaded terms there? I I would disagree. Manipulation. I'm not even sure what that means. James Comey testified. Uh, repeatedly, I was not influenced in pursuing my investigation. This whole thing about, first of all, Trump's supposedly adult. How is he going to manipulate the sophisticated and upstanding and Dudley Do-Right head of the FBI, right? Now, I do, I do think it is, it is worth criticizing whatever his feelings about James Comey. And I think James Comey deserves pretty much every level of opprobrium that is being dumped on him at this point uh, because of his his actions since he was fired. You don't go and I would say that... before he was fired, well, too. Sure, but you don't go and say that to Russia. No. Okay, that, that again is something that is petty and juvenile, and you don't undermine leaders of our intelligence services to a foreign enemy. That, so as a voter for Trump, could you anticipate that he was going to call James Comey a nut job to the Russians before you voted for him? Uh, probably, since he also, I think so, because, look, he he said outrageous things about John McCain. He did. Right? He said he outrageous did. things about a lot of people, so I agree, that is a legitimate criticism. He should not have done that. Yeah. And we should be willing to say, no, I don't care what you think about James Comey that's or fair. Brennan or Clapper, if you want to say that behind closed doors, that's one thing. You do not go to our enemies and refer to members of our intelligence services in that fashion. That's so fair. I agree with that. That's fair. He's attacked the media and, by extension, freedom of the press. Even okay. going so far as to say that the free press is an enemy of the people. Okay, wait. We need to stop. <laughs> Read that again. I'm going to tell you when to stop. He has attacked the media. Stop. That is true. Keep reading. And by extension. Uh, and by extension. What does that mean? What are we saying is being extended? Freedom of the press. I see. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's stealing about 13 bases, okay? Yeah. <laughs> He has attacked the press. Mm -hmm. Yes, he has. Repeatedly, he despises the press, and the press despise him. It is mutual enmity. We can have an argument about whether the president... Honestly, we've talked about this a lot. Our press is a disgrace. Mm -hmm. They have declared open war on this president. When I say that, they have actually declared that. Go back and read the New York Times reporter who said and I'm paraphrasing, we have to treat this guy differently. We can no longer be neutral because he's a threat to the republic, essentially. So mm -hmm. if, you, if you don't think it's appropriate for Donald Trump to attack the press, that's fine. I happen to think that they have earned every bit of ridicule that he heaps upon them because they are no longer honest brokers and have not been for a very long time. So Fair if enough. you're going to expect him to curl into the fetal position and accept the bilge that they printed. Now look, some of it is true, yeah. but they have completely abdicated any entitlement to being trusted as arbiters of whether Donald Trump is good or bad because they have declared allegiance. They're on team resistance. Yes. Okay. Other than Fox news and the Washington examiner and about three other, you know, <laughs> publications, it is a massive effort to destroy him 24 seven. So when he then says, and by extension, threaten the freedom of the press. I'm sorry. Which, that's, which news outlet has he shut down? Exactly. Which that one? Is, I'm sorry. That is baloney. Yeah. Okay? 
by extension, demonstrate to me that he has taken a single step to prevent any reporter, any news organization from doing anything, saying anything about him or his administration. He won't let CNN ask questions at the White House press briefings. Right. I but wonder, they can listen to all the answers that everyone else gets. I wonder, and, and maybe he did, but I, I wonder whether Dr. Fia was as interested in attacks on freedom of the press when Barack Obama's administration was literally tapping the phones and the personal emails of the AP. Do, we, do you remember that? Yeah, I, I don't think he okay, probably cared about that so much. Because if we're going to talk about attacking the freedom of the press, if Donald Trump had done anything close to that, mm. there would be yet again head explosions, legitimately so. Barack Obama's administration also wiretapped and I think filed a criminal affidavit against James Rosen, who was a Fox reporter, which Eric Holder signed, and they called him a co-conspirator with a foreign enemy. Mm -hmm. I wonder again if Dr. Fia was as concerned about assaults on press freedom when no. that occurred. I don't and think so. in all deference to him, maybe he was, but I suspect no. I expect you're... And this is the same press that has labeled Trump Hitler. Think about that. Would you be okay if somebody called you Hitler? You go, oh, yeah, they're just, that's just the press. It's no big deal. Come on. You can't have it both ways. He said that an MSNBC female news personality was, quote, bleeding badly from a facelift at a social gathering in Florida. Yeah, I remember when he did that, and it was crude and completely inappropriate and wrong, and these are the things that Donald Trump does, and mm -hmm. he shouldn't do them. Correct. And people should tell him, are, are you a five-year-old child? Exactly. Um, what kind of man... Who raised you? you know, what kind of man, let alone the President of the United States, says things like that to a woman, and not only that, to, to a, to a professional, a just that's absurd that he said that. It's, it, it's stupid. So that is correct. He did say that. He did say that. He compared the U.S. intelligence agency to the Nazis. You've already called him Hitler, so it makes sense that he right. would assume. I don't that. think he should be doing that, but as you said, we're now, in, we're now all discussing the, uh, the Reich. He said there were good people on both sides during race riots in Charlottesville in August 2017. I disagree that there were good... I think they're all bad. Well, <laughs> I don't have the poll quote from what he said, but I think that that... What he was saying, and, and I'm not going to, I don't, I want to have it in front of me because I think the media has misrepresented this. He was talking about, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and, and we'll circle back to this next week and, I, and I'll see if I'm wrong, but the context for this was not, oh, all those Aryan supremacist people that showed up for this riot are good people. What he was saying was there are good people who oppose this national effort to remove monuments mm -hmm. of Confederate generals. Now, again, I, I'm not going to – I will go and find okay. the entire quote about that, and we'll see if that – if my interpretation is correct, because the media has spun that into him saying basically that white supremacists are good people – I don't think a fair reading of what he said leads to that conclusion. I, I agree. I agree. He has, let's see, he has attacked Gold Star families on more than one occasion. That is true. And at the Democratic National Convention, they attacked him. 
That doesn't make it right, but I think he. Sh- I think you're right. I, I think that context is important, but I also think that he should have, which he is incapable of doing, <laughs> refrained given who those people were. You know what you do? You take the high road. Mm-hmm. We go high, right? You take the Not high road. <laughs> even though this guy, even though this guy was politically opposed to him and was and was being used as uh, a person giving a speech at the Democratic convention, you don't attack a Gold Star family. You just don't, you just don't do it. No, it's not it's not. Worth you don't do anything. it first of all because it's wrong, even yeah. if you disagree with them, and also because politically it's stupid. It is done. Now Eric Holder did say when they go low, we kick them in the face. Right. That's the new. That's the, so, that's the new standard. So okay. Uh, he regularly skips intelligence briefings and shows no interest whatsoever in ideas and books. Now, he may skip intelligence briefings. I don't know how you can say he has no interest in ideas or books. Well, I don't think he has much. In, uh, th- this is basically the critique is he's not, he's not an intellectual. He's not, he's not someone. He's not Barack Obama. He, well, right, right. I mean, he, Barack of the creased pant, and, and that's fine as, as far as it goes. But I don't think, again, let's go back to the framework. Uh, is the argument that as a Christian, it should be disqualifying or one of the disqualifying things because this guy is not someone who reads The New Yorker, who studies history. You know what? That's all kind of baked in the cake. Yeah. Um, would I prefer a guy? I don't know. Maybe? Sure. Barack Obama walks circles around him in terms of his ability to, again, be a public intellectual. But yeah. you know what? Barack Obama is wrong about almost everything. So I don't, a lot of ideas I, I don't like. really care whether Barack Obama has read numerous biographies about William Henry Harrison or whatever, okay? Yeah, or right. about economic theory because he didn't actually learn the right lessons from those things. And by the way, neither did Hillary Clinton. Correct. Correct. So I would actually, whatever they were doing in terms of reading books, please stop. <laughs> please stop reading them and start us. watching more television. This one is ridiculous on his face to me. He spends millions and millions of taxpayer dollars on travel to his personal properties. Okay. As Again, opposed to every other person right, exactly. does the same exact I mean, thing. I, I mean, that, that <laughs> argument, is, you know, <laughs> Hillary Clinton, all of them do this. So this is nothing unique to Donald Trump. He said that professional athletes who do not stand for the national anthem to protest racism shouldn't be in the country. Okay. Again, this is rhetoric. These are the things that Donald Trump says. Are we concerned that he's actually going to deport them? No. 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 So was that... Was it an invitation a, to leave? Was that Probably. a mean thing to say? Should he be engaging? Again, I don't like the fact that he tweets. I know why he tweets. Sure. I wish he wouldn't. I wish he wouldn't either. Okay, but yeah. we're now getting down into what I would call the trivial level of the indictment. In yes. fact, we had reached it already. <laughs> he publicly mocked a woman who claims to have been sexually assault- abused by the Supreme Court nominee. Okay, that is false. What he is referring to is the comments that Trump made about Dr. Ford. Now, maybe he's objecting to his tone. Okay? I'm sure, yes. Fine. If you don't like his tone, maybe he should have been more respectful. But what he said was factually incontestable. Mm-hmm. What he was referring to is that her story, she didn't know where this claimed thing happened. She didn't know when it happened. She didn't know how she got there. She didn't know how she left. That is entirely factual, and it is not mockery to point these things out. But he didn't publicly say you should believe the woman just because she right. said it. So, so that's mocking. If the objection is the president's tone was inappropriate, I can, I can go with that. But this idea that him merely saying that is if he should have just, we just need to shut up and accept the accusation. No, I'm sorry. That needs to be said because 
in a country where we have to evaluate these types of claims, those things matter, or they should matter sure. when we're deciding whether we're going to destroy a man based on a single uncorroborated allegation. So I reject the notion, other than the tone, that that constituted mocking someone. Now, on the flip side, Hillary believed the woman, so she was not mocking her. So we'd say that's a check mark in her box for not mocking. Right. And again, right. if we're if we're going to now we've gone through a number of these um, you know, these rhetorical uh, inflammatory things that he's done. I wonder what Dr. Fia's reaction is to Hillary Clinton calling essentially half of the country deplorable. Basket of deplorable. Okay, yes, so can't forget that part. We could add that if we're going in our mind the indictment against Hillary Clinton in our Christian framework. Why would a Christian be okay with a presidential candidate saying basket of deplorables are all the people that support the other guy? She also had said at one of the debates when was asked who are some of your who is your you know greatest enemy Republicans. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, again, if we're, if we're doing the rhetoric thing and statements that are unconscionable and offend us and are not appropriate for a Christian, well, we can make our own list exactly the same way. Still got her there. He has championed immigration. He says legislature, but I think he means legislation that has removed children from their parents. That is false. Yes, that is correct. Now, why do I say that is false? The removal of children, we've gone through this. Mm -hmm. The removal of children from their parents was done based on an existing law that they decided to enforce. And why was it being done? Now, look, I am not of the position we should, as a country, try to avoid removing kids from their parents. That, I think we can all agree on. The alternative in this situation was to keep the children in jail. That is correct. (laughs) The reason that that happened is because the people that were seeking asylum, which is different from someone who is coming to the border, not seeking asylum, meaning they're not fleeing from war, violence, religious persecution. Spin them and turn them back the other way. That process takes an extended period of time. And the law does not permit kids to be kept in that environment for that length of time. So by definition, they have to be separated. Now, I am open to the argument that we should find a way to change the law so that that doesn't occur. That was also occurring under the Obama administration. Nobody cared Mm -hmm. until it became trendy to talk about the Trump concentration camps. (laughs) So the statement that he supports legislation to separate kids from their parents is false. Now, if you want to make the argument that they simply should not have separated the children at all, that's fine. But to your point, what are you going to do with them when the parents are in a holding holding facility yeah. until they're adjudicated? I don't is know. that a better environment for Probably, them? I wouldn't think I so. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that either I don't situation think it is good, but I don't know that there's a better solution. So right now. At, at a minimum, what he is insinuating there is, is not true. He watches four to eight hours of television a day during his executive time. It's mostly Fox News, a station that flatters him on a regular basis. Now, I'm not sure how he knows this. Okay, I actually looked into this. Apparently, this is from a New York Times. So, again, consider the source. But let's say a New York Times report that was sourced through multiple people who are in his staff and who know him who say he watches four hours of TV, he drinks 12 Diet Cokes or something. Um... I'm, I'm kind of saying, okay, when he says watching TV, of course, what you picture is Donald Trump in his gold cashmere bathrobe on the couch, <laughs> yeah. you know, eating a Pop-Tart as he watches Fox and Friends, okay? Now, 
does he know. does he maybe have the television on in the background all the time? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, this again is to me the kind of stuff that you read on like the Daily Coast or whatever. Yeah. Are, are we at? Is this a serious? Is this a serious contention that this is one of the disqualifying facts? And by the way, I don't think any president in history. <clears throat> can find the time in their day to literally sit and watch eight hours of television. That is not possible. I don't think. Well, he he does go overseas, so what's he doing? He's he's having meetings and having dinners. I don't know. It just seems ridiculous. He said that a female U.S. senator would, quote, do anything for a campaign donation. Okay. Crude. But I think every politician would do nearly anything to get a campaign. I mean, donation, so I'm I mean, again, sure. th- we're we're at the weak sauce here. I mean, I mean, okay. she's female. That makes it. I mean, I think, I think he said here, that about Kristen Gillibrand. I think that's who he said that about. Yeah. Um, again, probably shouldn't have said that. Um, is that something that causes me great consternation? Not really. Not really. He nearly got us into a nuclear war huh. with North Korea. Now this is my favorite. Okay. Uh, now listen. What is the factual basis for that claim? Because it was put up in the media. The media kept saying, well, they're, they're going to go to war. They're going to go to war because they, they shot rockets out. I mean, to be very candid, I have great respect for Dr. Fia. I really do. Um, on a lot of levels. I mean, the guy is very smart. He is a, a, He's an able historian. I hope his book does very well. I also give him credit for the fact, and, he, he, and I really do give him credit for this, is that he makes the point all the time that his personal views about Donald Trump and evangelicalism do not permeate the classroom where he teaches. And I believe him because I've, I've been in training arenas with him where he is factually rigorous and right down the middle. And his approach, which I think is entirely, in fact, the only way that these things should be taught, history should be taught, is here is the unvarnished truth of what happened. Mm-hmm. We need to examine these things, good and bad. We need to have what he says is empathy, meaning we need to try to understand cultural context, and then we decide, we leave it up to you mm-hmm. to apply sort of a moral framework on those things. I have great respect for him because that is his approach, because that is an incredibly dwindling minority on many college campuses. But that statement <laughs> stuns me that he would include that because there is literally no factual support that that is true. If you're talking about the fact that he sent bellicose tweets about little rocket man as a historian there is no way that he would have ever justified writing that in a book without saying here's the annotation as to why i can make this claim you might as well have said barack obama almost guaranteed that israel was going to be wiped off the map what's the bay oh because i disagree with the iran deal it is the same (laughs) thing there are no facts whatsoever to suggest that we almost had a nuclear war with north korea just the media ginning it up and saying we're we're well other than the fact that you don't like that donald trump is donald trump (laughs) donald trump and donald duck that donald trump is sending out these kind of tweets but that does not justify that conclusion at all i agree he said that Puerto Ricans devastated by a hurricane, quote, want everything done for them, and then arrived in Puerto Rico and threw rolls of paper towels at them. All right. Now, I actually, we both have a very, I have a very good friend, um, I won't mention his name, who gets very hot about the, the Puerto Rican issue uh, in terms of our country's response, what he would say is a lack of a response. Um, number one, I... I think he and I could probably have a separate discussion about exactly whether, how much that is true. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he believes that it has to do with the fact that we believe them to be kind of not important 
because they're not in the contiguous U.S. and they are brown-skinned people. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. But the idea here is, of course, that Donald Trump really doesn't care about Puerto Ricans. Um, the, The throwing the paper towels, do you know what that comes from? I have no idea. Okay. None. If you read that, as it's written, what you envision is Donald Trump in his motorcade, like Marie Antoinette, saying, let them use brawny. Here you go, (laughs) impoverished people. Here's a paper towel for you. Go clean up the crater of your home with this packet. Okay, that's not what went on. He was at, he actually flew in there and was at some place where he was meeting with people. It was a photo op. You can actually watch this video online. Mm -hmm. There's hundreds of people who are there. The mood in the room is pretty cheerful. People are laughing. Trump is talking to them. And as he's doing it, he's kind of throwing paper towels into the crowd. Now, maybe you think that that's crass. Maybe you think it's inappropriate. But the suggestion here that he was kind of going around and saying, here's a napkin for you. Yeah. Here's a uh, Slim Jim for you. Good luck. (laughs) That's ridiculous. I would encourage anyone who is interested in determining whether the paper towel episode is as presented is go find the video of when he was doing that and then decide whether that was an egregious breach of etiquette. Because I don't think it was. Do you agree when he wants he says Puerto Ricans want everything done for them. Um, that I think that is something that he said. He shouldn't have said that. That's not true. Okay. And so once again, this is another one of the things where Donald Trump says very foolish things because that's who he is. And so, no, that was not appropriate for him to say. Okay. But when you combine both of those things together, the impression that he clearly wants to leave oh, here Marie is Antoinette that... Antoinette all over, yeah. Here's a pack of Charmin. Yes. Good luck. Good luck. And that's all I'm going to do. Nothing else yes. happened. Please don't touch my suit. Yeah. Uh, I believe the Democrats have run Puerto Rico for quite some time. Right. Well, I mean, th- this is also the yeah. Katrina, re- you know, the yeah. redo where what do the local and state government officials do? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the, the separate debate is was FEMA's response adequate? I mean, the other thing about this is you now see all of these, these death toll counts, right? And it's like, oh, 3,000, 5,000. Well, if you actually investigate this, these are being pumped out by various universities who are supposedly studying this. And, and how do they arrive? you know how they arrived at these numbers? Uh, it's anybody who died after the hurricane hit. They compared, like 12 they months, compared right? what they believed would be the average mortality rate. Then they found out how many people died after the hurricane, and they immediately said... All of those people are attributable to the hurricane. And it was sometimes months after the right. hurricane, and they weren't injured. They just died. Doesn't matter if you <laughs> died of natural causes. Doesn't matter if you had a bus run over you. Mm-hmm. All of it attributable to the hurricane, and thus Donald Trump. Yes. I don't think that is actually what we would call acceptable methodology. No, no, not at all. He invited evangelical leaders into the White House and asked them to all say something about how great he is, and the evangelical leaders complied. All right, so the first part, inviting evangelical leaders, I mean, I, I guess I know why Dr. Fia is squeamish about that. Uh, I'm not really sure why that's bad. Um, is, it, is it gauche to say to ask them to say nice things about you? Yes. I actually think more of that critique should be directed to the people that did as they were told, apparently. Well, the, the court evangelicals. But, but as, a, as a Christian, you're not going in there to blast somebody. You're going you're gonna to say nice things. It's the president no, of the United No, but States. again, but this is what Trump does, which is, you know, please flatter me because I am awesome. Right? So yes, it's ridiculous that he does things like that. Um, but 
Well, again, we're, we're at the thin gruel portion oh, of yeah. the indictment. Yes. He mocked the mayor of London for handling of a terrorist attack in a responsible way. All right. I believe the mayor of London is a guy named Sadiq Khan. I may have gotten that wrong. Um, I, I can't remember specifically what terror attack he was referring to. I will tell you that in general, the the approach of not only this particular mayor, but of England in responding to Islamic terrorism deserves not only to be mocked, but to be roundly criticized in the most vehement terms possible. Remember, we spoke about this several podcasts back. This is the country in which you will be thrown in jail if you attempt to report on an Islamic rape gang that is being prosecuted. Mm -hmm. That's true. You're not allowed to talk about it. You can also be thrown in jail for posting things on Facebook that talk about the reality of jihad. So if Dr. Fia takes issue with Trump for mocking a mayor who has openly decided that our priorities are less about stopping Islamic terrorism than preventing people from saying mean things about Islam, I'm sorry, that doesn't bother me in the least. No. So he wraps up with this. Fellow evangelicals, this is what you voted for. Have you seriously thought about how your support for Trump relates to your we want to make America great, sorry, we want to make America more moral and more Christian rhetoric? Is Gorsuch and Kavanaugh worth it all? Does a strong economy make it all worth it? By the way, I didn't hear many evangelicals sing the praise of the economy in the Bill Clinton era. Okay, Not one, so, I would say Bill Clinton didn't earn that. But right, okay. so, so his finishing flourish is, here are, all the, here are all the bad things about Donald Trump, and, and I agree that there are, there, are, there are a number on there that aren't good. Yeah. Um, essentially, are you happy now? Because, again, the premise is you have sold, sold your soul, mm-hmm. you have um, twisted your faith, because you wanted originalist judges and you wanted reduced taxes, was it worth it? Well, I guess each person has to respond to that yes. as an individual. Now, I didn't vote for Trump. That's, that's, the, ir- right. that's the irony. I, I find I myself constantly defending this guy, even though I didn't vote for him, for many of the same reasons that Dr. Fia has identified. What I will say in conclusion is... I have no problem with a Christian who reads through Dr. Fia's list and says, you are absolutely correct. There's no possible way that we should have supported this person. My disconnect with him, <laughs> and, I, and I still have not heard him explain this in a way that is satisfactory, is I'm going to make my own bullet point list about Hillary Clinton. And we've talked about many of these things already, and we can go through her policies. She mm-hmm. wants unrestricted abortion on demand. She, in my view... He didn't put that in there, which I was surprised he didn't put that well, in there. Well, I he, think the reason he didn't put that in there... Um, well, He's talked about it in other places, but he didn't put it in this list. But believe me, I could craft a mm-hmm. bullet point list about Hillary Clinton that pretty much tracks every single thing in terms of lack of character, corruption, the things that she has said... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there, you know, this woman has a trail that is 30 years long, and I could frame that finishing flourish exactly the same way, which is to say, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, was it worth, I don't know, protecting Roe and reinstating the Paris Accord and ensuring income equality in order to put this person in the White House? I don't understand why Dr. Fia is unwilling to ask that question about Christians who voted for Hillary Clinton, because we can maybe have an argument about, oh, Trump is worse, but, but the reality is, as he has admitted in a number of talks that he has given, this is a very flawed woman. Yes, indeed, understatement of the year. Why does this analysis 
not only not apply to her, but to the Christians who voted for her if this is the framework that we're operating in. I don't think he's provided a, a, an answer to that that makes that really I, I can understand. So I would refute a little bit of this. And I agree with a lot of the statements he made are accurate as they described Donald Trump. And I agree with what you're saying. They could also be just as accurate describing Hillary Clinton. So my choice was vote for Hillary Clinton. Oh, three choices. Vote for Hillary Clinton, vote for Donald Trump, don't vote at all for president. That, those are your three choices. Or right. vote for a third-party candidate, which is basically not voting at all. But what I would say is, okay, so if I voted for Hillary Clinton, I would not get Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. I'd still get the bad person, but I wouldn't get Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. I wouldn't get lower taxes. I, wouldn't, I would have open borders. I would abortion on demand more, more so than it maybe is now. All those things. So, yes, I voted for an individual who I don't particularly like as a person. I think he's crass and crude, and he says a lot of things I would not say and would not advocate anybody should say. But I got the things that I do appreciate, and I would not have gotten any of those things with her, and it's still gotten the same character, yeah. moral character flaws with her. So, yes, Dr. Fia... I'm not happy about how he behaves. I don't own what he says because I didn't say it. He said it. But we at least got something positive out of it. Was it, was it worth selling my soul? No, I didn't sell my soul. And, I, and had I voted for Hillary, I still wouldn't have sold my soul. I would have voted for a candidate. That's it. And keep it, keep it very simple. He, he wants to make this all-encompassing. You're right. Bill Clinton, I didn't vote for Bill Clinton either time. I didn't vote for him. I would never have voted for him. I was never going to vote for Hillary Clinton. I was... I'm going to be very clear. I would probably, right now, based on how um, Kavanaugh was treated, we've got, a, we've got a midterm election coming up in a week, 10 days. I'm not voting for any Democrats. And I've never said that before. I've always looked at each individual candidate. None of them come out and said how he was treated was poor. N- none of the ones I can vote for. So there's no way I'm going to vote for these guys who sit there and say, well, it was okay, and they did the right thing, they did what they had to do. No, I'm sorry. Every vote for a Democrat in this midterm election, to me, is very clear. You want that kind of behavior to continue. Well, right, and, it, and actually, you brought off Kavanaugh, and real quickly, in one of the related posts on his on his blog, which we're all sort of touching on this issue, he cited uh, a progressive pastor, yep. um, and I forget what the guy's name is. Uh, Doug Paget. Oh, right, and he cited him approvingly, and Paget was basically making exactly the same argument, and he was he was listing things, you know, that that he claimed were antithetical to the Christian faith. And one of the things that he said was, and I forget the exact wording, was that that you voted for someone, including a judge, who was credibly accused of harming multiple women. And I actually posted a response to that in which I, I said, that is false. That is objectively false if words have any meaning because there is nothing credible whatsoever about any of these allegations. But... My, my bigger point here is not to, not to redo all of that, is to say, I have no idea, I have not heard any argument, a persuasive argument, that supporting Brett Kavanaugh from a character standpoint is somehow, why is supporting Brett Kavanaugh not something that a Christian should do? The only way you can make that argument is if you believe that Brett Kavanaugh raped and assaulted Dr. Ford. Now, I guess it's okay for you to believe that, but then what we need to examine is on what basis do you believe that? And the only way that you can believe that is because you saw an emotional woman and you decided either, well, 
She looks like somebody who is upset. I tend to believe her. In other words, it would be based on no facts, no evidence, no corroboration whatsoever. Short of that, if you are realistically examining the record that was presented, and by the way, when he then says multiple women, well, now we're going into the fantasy land of gang rape accusations and the Ramirez woman who the New Yorker admitted, we have absolutely no one that can corroborate this, but we're the National Enquirer, so we're going to publish it anyway. I don't understand at all the argument, and Dr. Fia has embraced this, at least by implication, because... He has posted a number of things basically saying, well, this guy espouses conservative principles. Let's see how he votes on Kavanaugh. It's very clear that Dr. Fia would have said he needs to be rejected. I would like to understand from a Christian standpoint why you would have that opinion. I agree. I want to read this quote from uh, Doug Padgett. He's the the guy you were just referring to. He said, the Republican Party has used the issue of abortion as a tool to manipulate religious leaders across the country. These leaders' highest concern is self-preservation. They fear God's wrath and want impunity. But in their fear, they have become blinded and desensitized to all other injustices and inhumanities. Children separated from parents, refugees refuse safety, women denigrated and abused, and health care denied to the vulnerable. We've already said children separated or that, that's a policy that was existing. Um, right, and, and, and again, safety. you know, the, the health care denied to the vulnerable, I mean, that's just that's just another, you might as well just pull that right out of the DNC or moveon.org, yeah. uh, because that is also question-begging. We are debating a policy of what is the best way to provide health care to 350 million citizens, mm-hmm. and it is a very complicated topic. <laughs> and again, nobody on that side of this debate ever wants to talk about the fact that the jamming through of Obamacare immediately deprived 6 million or 8 million people of their existing coverage, Mm -hmm. even though the media claimed that was all a lie. No, it wasn't. (laughs) And the whole, again, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, all a lie, all a knowing lie. And so this idea that, you know, Donald Trump and his his henchmen are plotting up there, you know, by the fireplace, cackling, yes, how many how many orphans can we deprive of health care? It's an absurd position. It okay. When people say things like that, they don't they shouldn't be taken seriously. Well, when he says women are denigrated and abused, I think Donald Trump has made many comments that are not positive towards women. I don't know if he's abused women. I don't know that that's an accurate statement. But he's saying if you, the Republican Party has abused women. I, 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 I take offense to that. I, I, I'm sorry. As a party, no. They have well, not abused women as a party. I'm sorry. No, of course. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. What they mean by abusing women is that you're not on board with the Me Too movement's notion that any white male should be presumed guilty, and we're going to dispense with any notion of due process, fundamental rule of law, presumption of innocence. That's that's supposedly abuse of women, right? Well, the, I mean, the idea that because you support Brett Kavanaugh, you support rape. Okay, I mean that's literally the reductionism that goes on with uh, this kind of stuff. One final comment: This guy's torn the country right now. He's torn the country with his message. Well, the other thing is, if you look at this guy, and I don't, I don't know who this guy is, but I did, I did look at a few of the things that he has said. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have to have a whole separate discussion. This, this guy is in Rob Bell. Yes, land. yes, okay? you're correct. Um, because this guy has made number statements that are very, very similar. It is Rob Bell, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, which one are you talking about? This is Everybody Wins. This no, is- that's not Rob Bell. That's the Rob Bell's the crazy uh, um, alien abduction. No, no. Look it up on your phone. 
Um, I'll keep talking. Okay. In any event, this guy, Paget has said a lot of things which seem to indicate that he is of the opinion that there is no, there is no real place called hell that ultimately... This is, I'm pretty sure this is Rob Bell. I've got, I apparently got this wrong before because one of our listeners said, no, no, that's not the right guy. He's a pastor, former pastor of Mars Hill Bible Church yeah. in Granville, Michigan. Same Rob Bell, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this idea again, which is, I'm sorry. Um, Ironically, his wife's name is Kristen Bell. Huh. Not that Kristen Bell. <laughs> this idea that there really is no such place as hell and everybody, you, me, Gandhi, and everyone else is going not there because God is loving and everyone wins. That is... Love wins is the title. Yes, love wins. Um, no, I'm sorry. That That is not... Let's put it this way. If you take the Bible seriously as the inerrant word of God, you can't read the Bible and reach that conclusion. So in any event, my only point is, is that this Paget fellow um, seems to track very closely with that belief system. Um, that's a problem. Yeah. Okay. So we can maybe have, we can have that discussion later. Yeah. One other thing I was going to say is I, I've heard Dr. Fia frequently say as to the abortion issue. Because I think he, he, he recognizes and he would take the position that abortion is, is evil. We should try to eliminate it. Do you know any evangelical who doesn't think no, abortion that, is No, that's true. Wrong? I mean, even this pageant guy would say that. What their objection generally is, and it's more of a tactical thing, I've heard Dr. Fia make the point that if your goal is to reduce abortions, it is, the way to do it is not to get rid of Roe v. Wade. Now, number one... I don't think anyone, uh, maybe, there's, maybe there's a group of people out there who are saying, the reason I want Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch on the court is because I want them to repeal Roe v. Wade. Okay, that's not, that's not the reason that I want Brett Kavanaugh on the court. Mm -hmm. My position on abortion is not that repealing Roe v. Wade is going to eliminate abortion. My position is really not even, obviously, I have, it's a moral abomination. As a mm -hmm. Christian, yeah. I object to it. My position is one of a straightforward constitutional law, which is the Constitution does not provide a right to abortion. The Harry Blackman opinion, which granted that right, is an embarrassment. And what we need to do, because we live in a constitutional republic and we should take seriously how we properly interpret the Constitution, is we should reverse that and return that decision to the states, mm -hmm. which is the condition it was in prior right. to the philosopher kings deciding that they were going to make that law and enshrine penumbras in the constitution. So I'm not, I, I know a lot of people like me who don't view the abortion debate as, as it relates to who's on the court as once we repeal Roe, abortions are going to end. No, that, that's clearly not the case. My position is simply that was an invalid and illegitimate use of judicial power. Analytically, it is, it is one of the worst opinions. In fact, even people that like the policy outcome admit, yeah, that's, that's just crazy, but we don't care. You know, <laughs> any, know we any means to hand to, to, to make sure that we get what we want. My view is we shouldn't have that on the books. It's not entitled to stare decisis, precedential uh, support, because... There's no ba there's no justification for that opinion. Certainly, if you're not, if you're an originalist, mm -hmm. and we remove it and return it to the states. By the way, I don't think that's going to happen because no. the court's not going to touch that with a ten foot pole. They're just not. Mm -hmm. Roe v. Wade is not even the seminal case anymore. It's Planned Parenthood v. Casey, mm -hmm. and so all of that stuff aside, Doctor Fia seems to be arguing that well, there's a there's a better way to go about 
uh, opposing abortion. I, I agree with that. The opposition to abortion is not going to be accomplished through the Supreme Court, but that's not really my position anyway. And I don't think it's the position of a lot of people. Uh, my, my backing of Gorsuch and Kavanaugh was originalist judges. That was it. Because I want the Constitution to be interpreted as it was written, not what you wish it was, what it actually is. And if you don't like it, you don't make up laws just to make them up because you feel like that's a better way to go about because we're just doing what the, the legislature couldn't do. That's my purpose. That's the yeah, it's, Abortion would be fine, but you're right. It would go back to the states, and some states even have the the uh, trigger. As soon as it, if Roe v. Wade would get reversed, then they automatically trigger that abortion is now legal in their state. Right. You know, that, that exists right now. So I guess we should wrap this up, but I think I should reiterate what I said at the outset, that I have uh, the utmost respect for Dr. Fia as a man, as, uh, as someone who, again, is, is living out his faith in a way that most people don't. Um, he's, you know, he is doing uh, what he should be doing for the kingdom. I don't agree with him on, on probably many political issues, but I guess the question that we raised tonight and that I still have is, I have no objection for someone who's a Christian saying I can't possibly vote for Donald Trump because of the litany, the litany, the parade of horrors that he represents. And we can debate each one of those and whether they're valid or not. But nevertheless, that is a, that is a respectable position and one that many Christians have taken. My issue remains that if we're going to evaluate presidential candidates within that framework, why are we not applying it to his opponent? We have to. Someone have needs to. to explain to me why the same result and the same book should not have been written because believe me, I don't believe me, <laughs> believe me, I don't think we would be seeing a believe me book if Hillary Clinton was the president. No. And again, if we're going to evaluate this as Christians under the framework that Dr. Fia has set up, mm -hmm. I'm not connecting those dots. I 100% I, I agree with you. And I think that if you want somebody you can vote for, then the party should give us somebody we like and we can actually vote for that are morally upstanding. And neither one of these was a morally upstanding candidate, unfortunately. Any, uh, anyone who wants to make the case, we will be happy to deal with it, that Donald Trump is such an historical outlier in terms of his character, in terms of his conduct, in terms of his policies, that he is the, that he is the single president who must be cast aside and all others fall into a separate category where it's okay, yeah. but he is beyond the pale. If you want to make that case, uh, I'd, I'd welcome that discussion. 717-739-5432. 717-739-5432. If you can make a cogent argument to discuss that, we would love to play it. That's all we got tonight, Tony. Man, we spent a lot of time on well, that. Well, we had other things, but we went so long. All right, let's do a done. quick two minutes of uh, football. Okay. What do you want to know? The Steelers are now tied for first that in their is division correct. and didn't play. They're also still tied for the most penalties and didn't play this week. That's, That's not good. My Chargers are 5-2. and two. They are. Um, still on track for the playoffs. Their kicking is still abysmal. It is astonishing to me that a professional <laughs> football team cannot, for what, six consecutive seasons, has had a dumpster fire with their... Because now what they do is they have a guy who can, at least for now, make field goals, but his leg is so weak that when he kicks off, the other team is basically starting at the 40-yard line. <laughs> we can't have a guy that does both of those things? Apparently not. It's too much to ask. And, and I don't know what's going to happen if he's asked to kick you know, a 47-yard field goal. Let's hope they don't have to. So that's kind of a mess. It's a mess. Uh, I think the Chargers look pretty good. 
Uh, I think you're in good shape there. I don't know about MVP status for oh, absolutely. Rivers. Right now, um, Philip Rivers is should be uh, in, he's in the top three right now for MVP consideration. Mahomes isn't ahead of him. Mahomes is ahead of him, okay. and Breeze is ahead of him. Okay. Um, and and Jared Goff. Now Jared Goff is behind him. Philip yeah. Rivers is right now number three. Yeah, I would agree with that, but that doesn't make him MVP then. Not yet. If the Chargers go thirteen and three and they win the AFC West, um, he will be MVP. If they don't get a kicker, they're not winning the. <laughs> no, of course they, they, they will find, and you know Joey Bosa is going to come back. Uh, so this is the year. My my predictions are still are still within the realm of possibility. Yeah, you still said the Steelers are going to get ten wins. I, I don't know. Oh, I I uh, I think they are. Well, we'll see. They they have Cleveland this week again. See if they can get another tie. Maybe they can get a win. We're not really sure right. what's going to. So happen. I look forward to your uh, rant if they do not. If they tie, it's a loss in my mind. I don't care. Another overtime game for the Browns. Oh, yes. That's all we got tonight. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. Thanks for listening. This has been a Hannah Tree production.